for the Climate Discussion Nexus, I'm John Robson, and welcome to our latest readout video from our Wednesday Wake Up newsletter. As you see, we're back in the study and we're back in a summer shirt, partly to celebrate the pleasant weather and partly because we thought you might appreciate a little cheering up given the circumstances. But if anyone's tempted to say, see, it's warming, even he knows it, well, let's get started with the newsletter items. Beginning with one about record temperature and strange weather in the central United States last week. I mean, why not, given everything else? But the thing is, the record temperatures were low ones, and the wild weather was snow. Denver, Colorado, for instance, saw a high, if that's the right word, of 15 degrees Fahrenheit on October 26. That's the coldest high Denver's seen since records began in 1872, not just for that date, but for the whole month and it shattered the previous mark of 31 degrees set in 1923. Meanwhile, Laramie, Wyoming saw a low of minus 26 degrees Fahrenheit that isn't just a record for October, but for November. Now mind you, when we mentioned the onset of this weather in our previous newsletter, someone immediately berated us for being dolts who don't understand that global warming means more evaporation because it's warmer, that naturally then falls as snow because it's so hot it's cold. Absurd? You might well think so, but it's also the view of the National Academy of Sciences. Of course, if there's less snow, that too is a sign of global warming. But here it's worth quoting Eric Worrell that the IPCC, quote, takes a less confident view, unquote, of whether we're even having more extreme weather, and says, well, yeah, precipitation's increased in some places, but not in others. And as he also notes, the IPCC used to call this kind of evidence, quote, inconclusive, end quote, but changed it to, quote, medium confidence, end quote, which is what they say when they think there's a 5 in 10 chance that it's true, which is a coin toss. Anyway, it does look like a cold winter, so enjoy the warm spell because warmth is good. Unlike going and banging on people's doors. You know, we don't think much of Sir David Attenborough's trickery with walruses being chased off cliffs by climate-starved polar bears. But we are incensed that when the distinguished filmmaker and environmentalist and warming alarmist said he agreed with Extinction Rebellion's message, but not with their tactics, they responded by bringing those tactics right to his house. Now, if that's how climate radicals treat the people who agree with them, what sort of intimidation can their critics expect? Whatever this behavior may be, it's not reasoned debate, and those who do want to be seen as reasonable need to repudiate it. Now, on the subject of man-made global warming apparently explaining everything, which also means nothing, we have a thumbs down for National Geographic asking, will every hurricane season be like this? And then coming down firmly on the side that, quote, if climate change continues unabated, scientists predict that more intense hurricane seasons like this one are on the horizon, end quote. That statement is too vague to test, obviously. But it's based on a much vaguer piece by the Geophysical Fluid Dynamics Laboratory that says, yeah, if sea levels rise, there'll be more floods. Duh. And that computer models say it might rain 10 to 15% more near cyclones if the world warms by two degrees at some unspecified time. And also that cyclones might get between one and 10% stronger unless storms get smaller and, quote, storm responses to anthropogenic warming are uncertain, end quote. So the actual paper says scientists might say very little, and then National Geographic goes, ah, here comes the end. Which requires us to repeat Jeffrey Sherrington's challenge to alarmists, to stop with the maybes and the arm-waving, and at some points, and the unless-it-doesn'ts and so forth, and instead quantify their claims so we can test them. 
instead of saying, as National Geographic also does, that these stronger hurricanes we might or might not get will spread invasive species and, we kid you not, giving a sober, respectful interview to the author of a book claiming that climate change had wiped out alien civilizations, so we better watch out. And how do we know it wiped them out? Because there's no evidence they ever existed. In the newsletter, we also raise the question of how environmentalists know something is good or bad, which is actually trickier than it looks because they seem to love everything from, you know, the profusion of life in the rainforest to the austere beauty of a desert, if it's natural. But if it's man-made, if humans flood something or dry it out, then they object. And of course at CDN, we don't want to pave paradise and put up a parking lot. But for instance, we know that the Sahara was not the Sahara during the Holocene climate optimum because Sahara is from the Arab word for desert. And back then, when the world was much warmer than it is now, that region was full of beautiful lakes, greenery, and iconic African wildlife like hippos and giraffes. So, if the world warms again, and the Sahara becomes lush again, is it good or bad? Does it depend whether humans contributed? The UN actually thinks so. They say if the Sahel gets wetter, it will be bad, even though people can grow more food and maybe there'd be lions. But it's a big if, because another item from Andrew Montfort notes that the UK's Central England temperature record is one of the best ones we have. It goes back to 1659, though obviously the earlier readings aren't entirely reliable. But he says, you see a warming trend in that period, but it's not a recent one. As a matter of fact, there's been no warming for the last 30 years. And he says, quote, we are supposed to be in a climate emergency, you know, but temperatures haven't changed since I was a student, end quote. Quick, somebody tell the planet. And NDBC did tell the planet, quote, US vote to shape how world warms as climate pact exit looms. See, quote, because the world is so close to feared climate tipping points, climate scientists said the U.S. pullout from the 2015 Paris Agreement will have noticeable effects, end quote. Phooey. I mean, never mind the block that metaphor idea of multiple tipping points over one single cliff. The thing is, as our Paris Accord videos show, the alarmists' own models predicted if everybody meets their Paris targets, it'll change global temperature in 2100 by about one-tenth of a degree. And the story also depends on the idea that if Biden wins the election, everyone's going to say, uh-oh, better cut emissions, Joe's giving us that look. Which is preposterous, especially since the U.S. was in Paris for years and almost nobody got anywhere close to hitting their targets. There are just too many tipping points into nonsense here. As always, there's lots more in the newsletter, including an answer to the repeated alarmist claim that shrinking summertime Arctic sea ice since 1979 settles the science on climate change yet again. Since we didn't have satellites before 1979, and it's a known cyclical high point for the ice, it's a bit of a cheat. And it gets worse because, thanks to Kev Kenneth Richard of No Trick Zone, we now know that there are some proxy studies of earlier Arctic sea ice from the Beaufort and Barents Seas that show that current Arctic sea ice levels are remarkably high compared to almost the entire period since the last glaciation ended. For instance, in the Barents Sea, it seems to have been about 4 degrees centigrade warmer in the Roman era than it is today. And, from CO2 science, there's a study saying that ice in the Bohai Sea in North China has not been shrinking since the 1980s. Instead, it's been slowly growing. And, from the same source, we hear that someone tackled this notion that the dreaded ocean acidification is harming marine life. In this case, it was juvenile pink salmon. The researchers found it's just a fish story. So, keep feasting on our material, bait the hook for others, and spare us some chum if you can. For the Climate Discussion Nexus, I'm John Robson and winter is coming.
Thank you.